2 Samuel 6 and 10, So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him unto the city of David. But David carried it aside in the house of Obedidim, the Gittite. Uh, and the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obedidim, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obedidim and all his household. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obedidim and all that pertaineth unto him, because the ark of God. Notice, because of the ark of of God. So this is what David decided to do when he heard that. David went, brought up the ark of God from the house of Obedidim unto the city of David with gladness. And uh, I know y'all used to owl running and devil stomping and, and, and all that hanging from chandeliers, but uh, I, I might slow down just a little bit here tonight. Uh, because there's some things I really want to get across. and It is midweek Bible study, but um, <clears throat> we might just treach a little bit. That's a good mixture. But I, I want to talk for just a few moments tonight about the house of Obed-Edom. The house of Obed-Edom. Would you help me pray one more time? God will anoint us. Jesus, we love you. Thank you, God, for your faith. Praise God. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You may be seated tonight. In the second chapter of the book of Numbers, the Bible gives us the arrangement of the camp of Israel. Not only did God give them their, what we'll call tonight, their assigned seats, but every tribe was to camp around the tabernacle. We understand tonight that the tent that represented the presence and the authority of God was in the very center of the camp. It was set this way on purpose by God so that it would daily be a reminder, number one, God is in our midst. And number two, that God is to always be the center of our world. I'm telling you, I'm glad I don't serve a Sunday morning God. But he's God on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, Thursday. I don't have a Sunday morning religion. He's God all the time. Morning, noon, and night. He's always in the middle or the center of my world. And this concept, this, this way of life was as much for Israel as it was for God. It was to be a mentality that would last far beyond the days of an Old Testament tabernacle. For God wanted this New Testament church, speaking about you and I tonight, to understand that he's also to be the center of our world. Everything we do revolves around God. The way we talk, the way we dress, the way we live our life, the job you work, the church you go to, your social circle, 
Everything about you revolves around the will and the ways of God. Amen. That's why Jesus could say, therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. I want to remind a new convert tonight, seek ye first the kingdom of God. I want to remind an elder tonight, don't ever stop. Seek ye first, first, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all those things the world seeks after, God knows you want those things. God knows you need those things. God will provide them to you if you put God first. Put God first. Hey, this is not a religion. This is my life. This is not a one-time experience. It's my daily life. Put God first. Put him first in your marriage. First in your home. First on your job. Always put God first. Somebody give God praise. Now, we know this. A lot of us, we've been told this most of our born-again days. We know, put God first, put God first. And for the most part, I, I truly believe that we do this. But maybe you won't throw too many rocks at the preacher tonight when I tell you that when I was reading sometime back this passage of Scripture, that I have a major problem with it. And while studying it, Something seemed to jump off the page as almost like it slapped me and immediately I became confused. Here's David. He's fully king. The Philistines have been defeated. David wants to bring the ark of God to Jerusalem. They place it upon a cart. You know the story. The ox stumbles. Uzzah lays his hand on it and God kills him because he touched the holy ark of God. I'm going to take a quick time out and tell somebody tonight, truth has no feelings and truth has no favorites. It's just truth. You don't have to like it. It's still truth. You ain't got to agree with it. It's still truth. It's always right. It don't change for anybody. Truth is always truth. That's all it can be. And God don't bend the rules for anybody. So David's heart is seized by fear. The Bible says, so David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him unto the city of David. But David carried it aside. Everybody say, into. Into the house of Obedidim the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obedidim three months. And the Lord blessed Obedidim and all his household. Now let me be clear tonight. I understand why he was blessed. He had the ark of God. 
dwelling in his home. I understand that tonight. But I have a question. Do we not possess something far greater than a piece of furniture that represents the power of God? I don't have the ark in my home. I've got Jesus in my heart. I've got something far greater than a piece of furniture living in my living room. I've got the Holy One dwelling in my heart and my soul. He's possessed me. So then I've got a question tonight. I hope you've got the answer. If I've got the Holy Ghost and all Obedidim had was an ark, why was he so abundantly blessed to that degree? Seemingly more than some of us sitting here tonight. If he had the ark in his house, And he was blessed beyond measure, so much to the extent that word got back to David about how blessed this man was. And David got off his throne and said, dear Lord, if the ark can bless a man to that degree, let me go find a way and get it back from where I left it. If that man, hear me tonight, if that man could be that blessed with the ark in his house, then why are you and I not that blessed tonight? Oh, I've got something to say. Amen. I hope you'll help me for a few minutes here tonight. And so I took it to God in prayer. And I said, God, I don't understand what I'm reading here. I don't understand why this man could be so blessed. And yet I know people full of the Holy Ghost uh, struggling to pay their bills. Uh, How could this man be so blessed? Uh, And some folks have uh, financial tragedy after financial tragedy. Uh, How can this man be so blessed? Uh, And I know people living uh, with chronic illnesses and disease. Uh, Why can this man be so blessed? Uh, And I see people suffer day in and day out. Uh, If what I have... uh, is so much greater than what that man had. Then why is he so blessed? And some people are not. I just don't understand. It didn't take long for God to kind of talk to me, I felt like, and open my eyes. And I began to see how much this story applies to this apostolic church today. Amen. And I began to better understand what it meant for Obedidim to have the ark in his house. You have to understand in that day and time, they didn't have 3,000 square foot homes. In that day and time, they were trying to survive. 
in that day and time, amen, you walk in, I, I picture some of these houses like some of the houses we've seen in uh, underdeveloped countries where you walk in, I had a preacher friend go over to a, uh, somewhere, Ethiopia, somewhere like that, and, and they took a little picture of what the house was like, uh, a little small adobe hut, and you walk in, and this, it's all kind of in one room, it's just mud floors and straw walls, and it didn't look like a whole lot. And I got to thinking about that small, simple house. All of a sudden, into that house, in that cramped, damp space, here comes this gigantic piece of furniture. And they say, hey, can we park this thing right here in the middle of your house? I want you to think tonight for a few minutes about the inconvenience of the ark in your house. I want you to think about how cramped the house became overnight with the ark in their abode. I want you to think about all of a sudden, amen, and I'm just going to paint a picture here. I don't know how it happened. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, just, just put it right over here. You know what? Uh, uh, we don't maybe need this chair, and we'll just put it over here. Here's daddy's recliner, and we'll just have to move it over here out of the way, and, and we'll just make do. I don't know, but we'll put that ark right here. All of a sudden, uh, they had to move some things uh, and adjust some things. Uh, it altered their lifestyle. Maybe we don't have room for a kitchen table. We'll stand it. I don't know what they did, but they got to moving some things and they had to make room for God. I'm preaching tonight. Having God in the middle of your home isn't always convenient. Maybe it was a one room shack. And so the kids have their pallets and said, well, maybe, maybe we can move you over here by the door. Well, mama, I don't want to sleep by the door. I'm scared. Amen. Sorry. The ark's moving in. I don't want to sleep by the door because there's a draft at night and I might get cold. Sorry. The ark's moving in. I'm preaching tonight that when they brought the ark in. The thing that represents the glory and power of God. It altered their daily life. And something had to adjust around the presence of the ark. I hope you'll hear my heartbeat tonight. Here, boys, eat your supper. Where do we sit? You got to stand for a little while uh, because the dinner table's gone uh, because we brought the ark in. Uh, Mama, where do I play with my toys now? Uh, it's raining outside. Uh, it's cold outside. Uh, uh, there's no room to play on the ground anymore. Uh, I'm sorry, baby, uh, but the Holy One uh, dwells in the home now. Uh, and now, my God, uh, and now we're altering uh, our entire lifestyle. Uh, can I say it like this? We're trying to make room for the Holy Ghost. My God, come on, somebody. When Jesus moves in, something's got to go out. When God moves in, something has got to move. I wish you'd help me praise him. 
Come on, praise him. Some of y'all ain't hearing me tonight. I saw you shout with the singers. Can you shout with the preacher tonight? When God moved in, pride had to go. When God moved in, the drugs had to go. The beer had to go. The immorality had to go. You gotta make room for Jesus. Not my will, but thy will be done. Not my will, but thy will be done. But come on in the house. Come on in the house. Not my will, but thy will be done. Just bring the ark right here. So, why was the ark there in the first place? The ox stumbled. Okay, let's just walk with me here. The ox stumbled. I didn't know you could sing like that. Look at you showing off. Your brother's going to be jealous when he finds out you can sing better than him, but I won't tell him. I'm just saying that because you're here and he's not. The ox stumbles. A man reaches out to what? Steady it. What did he do? He touched it. And God smote him. Do you think they were standing in line to touch it again? (laughs) Get that thing away from me. Kind of like Kip today. When he'd go up on that main floor of y'all's church. And there's no guardrail there. Guardrail there. And Kip's, I'm like, no, no, no. Get back, son. No, no, no. Don't get over there. Don't, don't get into that thing. That's a long fall to that. I mean, are y'all building a church or the Grand Canyon? I don't know what y'all building over there. I said, man, Rev, y'all could just have a river run through here. And that's where y'all baptize people. Just right down there. Just, <laughs> just take them to the edge and say, in Jesus' name. Have their sins washed away. We'll pick you up. We'll pick you up in Little Rock. I get so tickled with my own jokes, I can't even talk. And so you got some you got some family members with some kids. And they're saying, hey, this ark that that man just touched and God killed him. We're going to bring that inside your house. Oh, no. Because I know how my kids are a heathen. Because they've been hanging out with your kids. And I know the first time we tell little Bobby Jr., don't touch that. As soon as you turn your back. Oh, I want to touch it so bad. Come on, that's in all of us. Don't eat that fruit. Oh, I'm starving to death. Don't touch that. I want to touch it so bad. And so now in the home, that's a safe place where you can escape the dangers that lurk on the outside. Now you've got this ark. I'm too old to jump up there now. Take the stairs. 
you've got an ark dwelling in your home. Now you've got kids that used to run through the house. And now mama says, no, 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 no. Don't you do that now. You might stumble and fall. Kids, I know you played right there, but now you get to play way over here. You've got to respect the authority and the holiness that that is. Now you got something dwelling in your abode. You got to watch out for it. It's a daily, daily reminder. Something holy dwells inside these four walls. And so, and so, listen to me. Follow me now. All of a sudden, when they set the ark down, listen to me. There was the presence of a constant law. And we don't like rules. You mean I got to have my hair like this? You mean I got to have my dress like that? You mean I can't go there? You mean I got to go here? Man, I don't like church. It's full of a bunch of rules. And we don't like rules. Well, you know what? That's not true. We do like rules. There's a rule that says you can't come through that back door with a gun and start shooting people. There's a rule, the 18-wheeler is not for to cross that double yellow line and get in your lane. We like that rule. There's a rule that says if some pervert breaks into your house and tries to take your kids, you can put a cap in him. That's a good rule. We don't mind that rule. But now there's something in the house that represents a constant rule. Don't touch it. Watch out for it. When you get up in the midnight hour, because you got to go to the bathroom, you can't go that way anymore, because you might stumble on it. So you to walk way over here. So I'm preaching tonight is their entire lives changed because the ark dwelt inside. Second thing I'm going to point out, look how much attention it got. Hey. Ob, how's it going with the ark? Yeah, it's beautiful. Can I come see it? Sure, don't touch it. Man, that's, that's wonderful. How do you talk about anything else? The ark, God, Jehovah, what it represents. Everything, that's the very thing that went before us in battle. That's the very thing that walked, that was carried across the Red Sea and the Jordan River. That's the very thing we take into battle. And so it became the center of their world. We don't need a television as the center of our home. It ought to be the things of God. You don't need the world. My God, help me somebody to be the center of your home. It should be God, the church, revival, the things of God, not the things of the world. So let me hurry. In essence, in essence, for three months, I know this sounds basic, it is. 
But Pastor Moats, for three months, it was there. Listen to me. And for three months, it served as somewhat of an inconvenience. It altered their entire lifestyle. They had to look around it, walk around it, plan around it. And no doubt they were honored to have it, to be able to house the very thing that kept them safe. But I've got a question, and I'm, I'm, I'm closer to being done than you think I am tonight. I've got a question to ask each of, you, each of you tonight. How blessed of God do you want to be yourself? How blessed do you want your home to be? How blessed do you want your marriage? How blessed do you want your children? How much peace of God do you want in your mind and in your family? How much unity and harmony do you want in your marriage and your home? The answer lies in another question. How much influence are you willing to let that ark have in your life? How much inconvenience are you willing to put up with to have God's divine favor? Oh, come on, somebody. Let me ask you a question, sir. How much room are you willing to make in your world for God to dwell there? How much of a priority are you willing to make God just to have him dwell close to you? So the answer to my question with God, if I have you dwelling inside of me, and all Obadiah had was an ark in his house, why was he so, so declaratively blessed, almost more than I feel like I am myself? And the answer is, what he allowed God to be in his world. The things he was willing to give up, the inconvenience he was willing to allow, and the way it altered his entire life just to have something like that close to him. I want to preach to somebody before I get done tonight. Amen. If you're not blessed like you want to be, you ought to make some room for God. You ought to go home tonight and say, you know what? There's nothing in my world. There's nothing in my world. I will not give up to have God in my home. I'll let go of my pride. I'll let go of my fear. I'll let go of my past. I'll let go of everything. Just let me have all of God I can have. I want all of Jesus. I know some of you probably drive a long way to get to church. I know some of you have other things you could be doing tonight. I know there's other churches you could go to and maybe they're not as intense. Maybe they're more of a social gathering. I know there's other things you could be doing with your time. And I know you want your kids to experience life and 
not live in a cave. I know your flesh don't want to fast. Your flesh don't want to pray. And I know hell wants to make all of this nothing more than one big inconvenience. I've come to rebuke that lie in Jesus' name tonight uh, and tell you uh, having God in my home uh, is not an inconvenience. Uh, Paul said, uh, I gladly gave up all those things uh, and I counted but dung uh, that I might gain that. Uh, I'll take that uh, any day. Uh, God wrecked my world uh, but live inside of me. Sister Green, Sister Green, if you come to music, please. The measure of its influence determines the measure of its blessings. I'm going to say that again. I know you're distracted by her great beauty. I'm struggling myself. Yes, ma'am. The measure of its influence determines the measure of its blessings. <laughs> I'm going to be your friend here real quick and tell somebody the reason the doors aren't opening and the reason you're not blessed is because God is not for what you're doing. It's because this becomes something that you want to promote you, but it's reality holding you back. I didn't plan on saying this, but I want to tell somebody, you hear me in the Holy Ghost right now. I'm going to give somebody a warning. If you don't watch out, you're going to get bitter you won't backslide because you feel like this is holding you back it's not holding you back and you know why you're so miserable tonight because you have yet to let this wreck your world and you got to love that so much that all the pride gets moved out of the way. All the pride gets out of the way. I am so sick and tired of self-promotion. Oh, you don't believe me? Ask my church last night. Well, we had a come to Jesus meeting about pride. Please, and this is what I tell them at home. Don't use this to tell the world you ain't getting enough attention. You are made, hear me? You are made in the likeness and the image of God. Why are you trying to promote yourself? That's not of God, that's of the flesh for promoting yourself. be a reflection of the glory of the one that made you and so be seated please I'm, I'm, I'm trying to close 
when this God doesn't become an inconvenience. And Pastor Motes, everything I do revolves around this right here. Pastor called it a, a special prayer meeting tonight. Well, I guess we'll have to move some things out of the way, but that's okay. Pastor Moat said, hey, let's all fast this coming Friday. Uh, well, I, I had some plans, but that's okay. Uh, I'm going to move some things out of the way. Pa- Pastor Moat said, uh, I'm going to make some rules. Uh, we're going to go this direction. Uh, it's kind of contrary uh, to what your kids want. Uh, I'm sorry, but that's the man of God. Uh, I'll move some things out of the way. I want my kids uh, to see their mom and dad. Make room for the Holy Ghost to rule and reign inside of all of us. My daughter moved out. So my son, he's getting his bedroom back. We're doing some painting, some things. He's 10. He don't mind me saying this. He said, Dad, could I, could I get on Amazon and kind of look for some decorations and things? He's really big into basketball right now. And that, that's, that's good. That's good. It's this little sport he likes. And he said, Dad, what, is it okay if I tell this? You know what I'm going to say? Well, get used to it, son. It's the way it's going to be for a while. She still don't know, so it's okay. He said, Dad, could I, could I get a, a poster of, of a certain basketball player? And I said, son, why, why would you want to do that? I said, it was a teaching moment. I said, son, when we walk into your room, What do we want to be on display? Those Bible quizzing trophies? Or a picture of a perverted thug that can shoot a basketball? And he didn't argue. Yeah, Dad, I I see your point, Dad. It stinks being a preacher's kid. It does. But I'm trying to teach my son greater than a basketball is him and if I've got to move some desires out of the way if there's some things I've got to say no to to make room for him if, I, if I've got to dress a certain way cut my hair shave my face if, I, if I've got to go to church if I get to pay my tithe whatever it takes I'll move everything just let Jesus come in Because you know what? We can say it's an inconvenience. But I wonder what happened the first night when the wind picked up. And the wolves started howling. And fear tried to come inside a little boy's mind. And he looked over at that ark. And said, 
everything's going to be all right. Because that wolf ain't going to get God. And I'm going to stay close to God. I'm going to tell you what. This is not an inconvenience. It's a blessing. It's an honor. It's a privilege to have God, the center of my world. So I close with this. When you no longer let your house become your house, but it becomes God's house. I know this is our church. This is the house of the Lord. I get that. But why can't our personal homes also become God's house? And the Bible says in 1 Chronicles 26 and 8, all these of the sons of Obedidim, they and their sons and their brethren. Can you put that up, brother? I'm sorry. First Chronicles 26, 8. I want to see this. This is powerful. All these of the sons of Obedidim, First Chronicles 26, 8. They and their sons and their brethren. Able men for strength for the service. His sons and their brethren. First Chronicles 26, 8. Man, we could be at Applebee's by now. I'm sorry. You just got to flow with me. And, and let there be light. Their sons and their brethren, able men for strength for the service, were three score and two. Here's a man, Brother Motes, that made room for God and let God interrupt his entire world. And not only did God bless him, but 62 of his descendants. Able men for strength. I see some of you macho men sitting out there. What's your son going to be? I see you back there. What do you hope your son grows up to be? I want my son to be anointed of God. Listen to me. And he may never preach. Some of y'all think that's the highest calling there is. It's not. But you know what, Brother Motes? If all my son can do is take your hand and hold it when you're weary, that's a blessing. If all my son can do is grab a microphone and lead a testimony service. If all he can do is become a mighty prayer warrior. That's better than anything that LeBron James can do. Anything a football player can do. Anything that a Hollywood star can do. Mom and dad. The time to be concerned about your kids is not when they get 18 and graduate from high school. 
you better start putting some things in your babies now. Mom, Dad, why are you moving the furniture around? Why are you moving the table out? Why are you doing that? Son, it's time you learn. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Come on in, Holy Ghost. Have your way. Have your way in my marriage. Have your way in my babies. Have your way in me. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. It's all about you, God. And when you make God the center of your world, you will be blessed. Listen to me. I'm, I'm done. So, okay, I'm going to go home and do that tonight. I'm waiting on that million dollar check to come. I didn't say that. I'm not preaching a prosperity doctrine. But what did the writer say? I have no greater joy. No greater joy. A joy that money can't provide. When I look up, I see my sons and daughters living for God, involved in God's kingdom. You hear me tonight. You make sure God is the center of your world and watch God save your sons and save your daughters. You can't buy that. I'm done. But I'm going to tell you this, and I'm not making light of anything we've done tonight. Thank God for getting around the front and shouting and tongue-talking and praying and, and all the victories. Thank God for all of that. I'm not making light of that. But we've got to get past that and also go home. And some folks need a clean house. And make room for the Holy Ghost to come in. Listen to me. Because I'm talking to more than one or two tonight. You're robbing yourself of the blessings of God. Because you're trying to work God around your image. Because you care way too much about what somebody thinks about you. You don't mind the little hand clapping. You don't mind the little religious order of things we do around here. But you're scared to death to let go and let God take over. Because you don't know how it's going to turn out and what God's going to do. But friend, that's where the blessings of God come. That's where God's favor is. And you hear me? That's where you'll find your fulfillment and your real peace of mind. Not from the gang you run with. Not from the crowd you work with. Not from your friends and your family members. It's his divine favor. And nobody else can give you that but God. Oh, let's lift our hands and love the Lord together. Come on. Lift your voice and let's talk to the Lord. <laughs> Let's entertain the presence of the Lord for just a minute here right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, I want to know if there's a parent, if there's a mom or dad that wants to come down and recommit some things. I'm willing tonight to make some commitments that God shall be the center of my world.
what God's after tonight. Everything you are.